0: Your move, cream move, cream move. move.
1: I Great. have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Flying saucers, which are really, yeah, you got it, time machines. I think a lot about this I kind of stuff, of, about this of, of stuff, about this <laughs> kind of stuff, this <laughs> kind of stuff. You think this is the real Quaid? It
2: is, it is. Okay, welcome back to Terror Tino's. And if this is your first time listening to this fine podcast, well, let me just say that this is a movie discussion or a movie appreciation podcast where we go back and take a look at some of the awesome films and some of the cult films from the past. Most of the time, it's from the 1980s or 90s, but it could be from the 70s. It could be more recent. And in this episode, we're going to uh, take a look at a... Classic Christmas horror film. This is our Christmas episode. So we had to pick a classic Christmas horror film, a cheesy cult Christmas horror film. And so we're going to be talking about Silent Night, Deadly Night. It's a controversial slasher film from 1984. And I should say, I keep on forgetting this. I you know, I should introduce myself. My name is Mike Morales, and like always, I'm here with my co-host. Angel tis the season de Leon. And, you know, so we're, we're two uh, lifelong friends and also cinephiles. We love movies. We love horror movies. We love cult movies. And so that's why we started this podcast, to talk about these things. And Angel, let me start with you, because you kind of uh, s- suggested to, to pick this movie, The Silent Night, Deadly Night. And not just this one, but we're, we're going to be talking about the first two and maybe some of the sequels. But uh, yeah, you, I mean, this is something that
3: you saw, you saw, you saw this films when you were younger. Yeah, definitely under 10. Um, it's just, it's funny because we were talking earlier. i we never, I've never seen classics like Miracle on 34th, but for some reason I've seen almost all the cheesy slasher Christmas horror movies like Krampus. And I remember this one because this one, we love the cover, which later we'll talk about there was a controversy about the cover but it was just like me and my brother like the old school story the video store that had the horror movies and we'd rent them and this one was funniest because this one had like one through four or five at the time and we just said okay you know we're gonna watch this movie while um everybody else is watching rudolph or you know the classic jack frost stories but it, it did not um disappoint.
2: Yeah, so, <laughs> Silent Night Deadly Night is specifically known for its kind of killer Santa Claus concept, the idea of that. Uh certainly it's not the only franchise that kind of uh centers around that idea, but I think it's very famous for its poster like you were saying when you uh said, you know, we should check out uh, Silent Night Deadly Night, we should do a whole podcast about that. Uh, my first image is to think about the poster because I definitely remember that VHS cover in, you know, in the video stores. And it's the it's the one where Santa Claus with the axe is coming out of the chimney. And it's, you know, it's I don't know if it's a bloody axe, but it's definitely I remember the image very distinctly. and remember thinking, wow, this is something uh something that I shouldn't really watch when I was younger.
3: Yeah, especially when you think of like of a kid seeing it, it would be kind of like mixed messages like santa scary because kids are visual they can't read yeah so but you can tell by just looking at the cover that it's scary you don't need santa and it's scary it sends the wrong message i guess well you know when
2: you said silent night deadly night let's let's talk about this movie and let's talk about the franchise i'm like i think i i my first memory or my first thought was like I, i think i did i'm certainly familiar with the posters i'm I'm familiar with the, some of the, the what, what the movie's about. So I thought maybe I did see some of the movie. And when I went to click on it and watch it, I go, oh, no, actually, I didn't see this movie before. And I really don't know about this franchise that much. Because I was c- getting confused with the Tales from the Crypt episode, the famous one where uh, Larry Drake is a psychopath uh, Santa Claus. And that that, that thing that, that that episode came out in the early 90s. And you know, that was a fun little episode, but I was getting that too conf- confused. And uh I thought, for sure, I saw some of this movie, but I didn't. And I was actually surprised that the that it was all new to me. But I mean, how many times have you seen this movie before?
3: Well, wait, sorry. Well, you were talking about the um Tells with the Crypt. It was funny because you sent me that link, right? When I clicked on it, so I couldn't believe that that was the second episode that they ever made. So season one, episode two. So it tells you that the concept of a psycho murdering Santa is pretty taboo. You know what I mean? It's to make it the second episode. It means, you know, it kind of tells a lot about the. Like the the folklore and screwing around with it, you know what I mean. It's I I thought that was pretty crazy, but I do remember watching that when I was a kid too.
2: So, so I went back to watch that episode because you could you could watch it on YouTube, and it's directed by Robert Zemeckis, which I didn't realize, uh, and huh? you know he was an executive producer on that on that series, the HBO series, and it's the episode called All Throughout the House, and it's really about a woman who who uh, murders her husband and at the same time her. Her house it gets a uh, uh, invaded by this this mental patient who's dressed as a San, as a Santa Claus, and who has an axe as well. I mean, there's a kind of uh, that image is you know very kind of iconic now. Uh, but yeah, I thought that but, that movie, I thought that episode was even watching back now. It's, it was so done well, and you forget how much Tales from the Crypt is such a great little horror anthology series back then. Uh, yeah, but I, I think,
3: and I think that storyline followed more of the urban legend of, yeah, you know, the cycle breaks out <laughs> yeah. around Christmas. He gets a, you know, he gets dressed into a Santa suit, and then of course everybody's guard is let down because it's Santa. You know what I mean? He could be a mall Santa, or the little kids are gonna let him right into the house because he's Santa. You know, <laughs> right, it's right, like, right, right. That plays into the, all of your biggest fears, and even if your kids just get abducted by a Santa, that's pretty. That's pretty up there on your list of horrible things to happen during the Christmas season.
2: Yeah, and I, I guess that's what's different be, between what that concept is and Silent Night, where Silent Night is really a the guy who is traumatically or he he goes through a traumatic experience about and and he can confuses Santa Claus and Christmas and, and and because of that he becomes like a a, a killer and and you know becomes a, emotionally disturbed by it and. I guess he becomes a slasher, you know, a typical slasher
3: villain. Yeah, because if you haven't seen it, it's basically, I don't know if you wanted to go in it, but he's a little kid. His parents, they pull over to help with Santa, quote unquote, like because he had car problems. They didn't know that he just robbed and killed a liquor store because he's just a bad guy. So, of course, then he attacks the parents. The little kid sees it, messes up his brain. He goes to an orphanage because his parents died. And he has very mixed feelings about Christmas because now he's Christmas is tied into this very traumatic event. And it's almost like it was it was done by the big guy himself by Santa. Mm -hmm. So when it's like the naughty or nice thing, it it becomes more than just like getting a present or not. It's Santa killing you or you surviving. You know what I mean? It's it, it takes it way to the extreme.
2: Yeah, and that, I think that was what's so cool about watching the movie is like it, it goes into like kind of the psychological stuff of, of this little kid, and how it it really messes him. And it's like Christmas has become his now Niagara Falls, you know, like that whole bit with the Three's Company or not Three's Company, the whole bit with uh, Three Stooges Niagara Falls, you know, you say a word and 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 Curly goes crazy, and yeah, exactly. it's, it's 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 like you say Christmas or you say Santa Claus and he be, he loses his, his stuff. And he, it's, it's, it's look that I think that that first part of, of silent night, deadly night is f- pretty good. I think that some of this, you know, the second part when it becomes more of a slasher film, I think it, you could see the budget. You can see that it was an independent film. You can see that it's lacking in some of that stuff, but overall, I think it was a, Really fun movie. But well, we'll we'll get into the sequels and how much it bec- turns into this campy franchise. But the first movie is it's pretty much trying to be like a typical dark, gritty slasher film.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, you know how you were talking about how the holidays bring out these feelings in the kid. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, I'm trying to see if it's almost like um oversaturation of the, what would you call it? The economical aspect of Christmas? Because it's not just the time of the year it's when he sees presents when he sees the color red you know what i mean Uh it's kind of like all these things trigger are like triggers for him Mm -hmm. and it's kind of showing like you know in this it's like he works at a you know he finally gets a job at a toy store (laughs) but it's just like you know what i mean it's kind of like they're pointing out the i guess you'd say the commercial aspects of christmas it's a it's not like they show him in a place where they're cooking a, a you know, Christmas ham, and <laughs> you know what I mean. It's not that side of it. Yeah, it's I more mean,
2: it, it's something. It's yeah, it is something about how kids are tied in with Christmas and toys as part of it, and who 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 deserves toys and who doesn't deserve toys. You know.
3: Yeah, um, and of course he's at an orphanage that's run by nuns, <laughs> and the main nun is like this hard ass <laughs> chick, and then there's always the nice nun that, you know, maybe we can talk to Billy see what's wrong. You know, one of those classic setups
2: so when was the first time you actually saw this movie you saw
3: this like when you were very young or or... i had to maybe like 10 so not brand new but definitely within a couple years that it was made because they did you know when i was watching it i
2: go wow this is pretty graphic this you know there's like when the when he murders when the when that killer who's dressed as santa claus murders his parents in front of him the main character is named billy and he when he murders his parents in front of him, it's pretty graphic. I mean, there's one point where he kind of rips his mother's blouse, you know, exposing exposing her breasts. You know, I go, wow, this is could be a very, it's a very dark movie for for a kid to watch. And what kind of impact did it had on you when you were a kid?
3: I, I mean, we knew it was, it was a scary movie, so we knew that it wasn't going to be real. But it's just funny because even back then on the slasher movies, they always have to get like a like a i'd say cheap but like you know like cheap breast nudity so it's like there's two or three sets in there and it's just (laughs) it's just funny because Mm. at that point you you expect it you know what i mean it's kind of like you just get a notepad next to it (laughs) but i think when we watched it we i mean when we saw that it was just we weren't as much i guess because i was younger so it wasn't like oh yeah boobies Mm -hmm. like yay it was more (laughs) like a just adding to like god this guy's a maniac he's just ripping people's clothes off and he's like slitting their throats and yeah it was more the scary aspect nothing to do with the cheap cheesy teenagers who want to see boobies in their slasher films <laughs> but i mean it's not like we were afraid to go to sleep because santa was going to come get us you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i don't know if it's that we didn't not believe in santa because we're still young enough to believe in him i just I think we we could we've watched so many horror movies we knew that it was just a something to be like to be a scary movie. So I don't think it screwed us up. We weren't afraid of like Christmas gifts and stuff.
2: You know, like when we talked about in our first episode uh, American Werewolf in London and how much that movie kind of like scarred us, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, the, oh the, yeah, this this you I mean, were saying you were kind of like you knew that this was pretty campy and pretty fun.
3: Yeah, I mean the the I guess you'd say the the violence it I mean it wasn't as the worst we've seen right right um it definitely was a little little more than you'd expect from this type of a movie mm-hmm. because i mean he does he slits her throat yeah. like the mom's throat yeah. yeah like ain't no doubt about it i mean the blood's a little cheesy but and that's the opening scene so <laughs> that's that's pretty good i mean and he shoots the the cashier dude like i think it's a headshot too right like he leans over the counter and puts one more in like his brain so it's just like They, they, from the beginning of this movie, they're like, no holds barred.
2: Yeah. I think, I think, you know, the difference between like, say this movie or, or, or something like American Werewolf in London, which had maybe a more kind of emotional impact on me. uh, uh, I I think, I think you kind of, because it's such a low budget movie, I think it, it, you kind of um, subconsciously kind of know that, you know, this is not real. This is kind of fake. This is kind of cheesy. And I think there's a couple of things that happens before, you know, the parents die that really kind of sets this tone like, oh, no, no, no. This is intentionally funny or this intentionally can't be. And let me let me point out a, a clip, which is I think one of my favorite clips in the movie or the, my favorite scene in the movie is when uh, the little boy, Billy, who's the main star, is talking to his grandpa. And set, 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 set this up, Angel, because the grandfather is uh, he's in a hospital. Or, or or a retirement home or some kind, and he hasn't talked or something like that. He, uh you know what I'm talking about? The the like his f- the first meeting where he's warning him about Santa Claus.
3: Oh crap! You're talking about the very very beginning. Yeah, the very this is the, the, when they were visiting the, him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, it's just funny because they, they do the classic move where he hasn't talked in years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> then the parents like, hey, can you sign these forms? And then when they leave. The guy starts talking to the kids so no one's ever gonna believe him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that I that, mean I that think, part's always funny, dude. It was, is, it's hilarious, and
2: even watching yeah. it now, it's hilarious. Let me play the that that particular scene because I think it's uh, you get you get the idea of what kind of tone this movie is.
4: Grandpa, mom, what do you want her for? She can't help you. Nobody can. You're scared, ain't ya? You? you should be. Christmas Eve is the scariest damn night of the year. I'd be scared too if I was you. You know what happens Christmas Eve, don't you?
1: You know all about Santa Claus. He brings presents to all good boys and girls. Hey,
4: <laughs> your daddy told you that, didn't he? Well, I tell you something. <laughs> Santa Claus only brings presents to them that's been good all year. To the ones that ain't done nothing naughty, naughty. All the other ones. All the naughty ones. He punishes. What about
1: you, boy?
4: You been
1: good all year?
4: You see Santa Claus tonight? You better run, boy! You better run for your life!
3: So I mean that's a pretty cool scene. <laughs> that's how I mean, and that's why Grandpa's in the home. <laughs>
2: I, I think that kind of sets the, the tone.
3: Like I mean, you, you can't take this Dude, movie. The serious. best part is that's for no reason. That's the best part. That's I know. It's, it's just the beginning. <laughs> I forgot all about it. It's literally the beginning. It's it's there was no context. You know what I mean? It's not like there was anything leading up to that. Right. This is almost like it's the just, very first
2: scene in the movie. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Uh, classic, but I mean, he sets up like the idea
2: that Santa Claus is not really this holy cr- cr- character that you could believe in. He, he could, he could be, <laughs> he could be someone that you should be
3: feared of, you know, uh, fear, yeah, fearful I, for. It. Isn't it like if you go all the way back historically? I think it is more of that. You know, we've commercialized it to be the good to sell products, but I think in the very, very beginning, it was almost an ominous thing, like, like. I think like you probably date like the story of Krampus further than Santa, but I mean it's just for this movie. This is a great setup because right after this, you're gonna lead right into the kid watching what he watch what he sees from <laughs> Santa.
2: Yeah, I mean I think you're right. I mean I think uh, initially the or at least the German fo- folklore of Santa Claus is something more devil like or demon like, and it's only there to scare kids. You know, scare kids into yeah, scare you into be good. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah I, I mean some some countries and some kind of uh cultures Santa Claus is not the the happy-go-lucky fat guy that you know here in the states it, he's more kind of like a, a a character that you could you could definitely run from like like grandpa says you know uh but like 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 what I like about that scene and what I like about this like kind of beginning of this movie is like That sets like I was first of all, I was cracking up when I saw that for, you know, when I was watching it recently, I was cracking up how kind of cheesy and how fun that is. And it's 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 like that's I wish there was more scenes like that. Unfortunately, it's not really that that, you know, (laughs) that that can't be. But um, it's a good setup. Let's I guess let's talk a little bit about once we get to see Billy, he gets older and he's now more of a young adult man. And we should also mention that he has a younger brother in, in the film. Yeah,
3: he's a baby in that opening scene. Yes. His... Like we're talking
2: like car seat, can't talk. Yeah. And he takes over the franchise later. We'll talk about that a little bit. But Billy, he's still trying to recover from what what's going on. And he gets a job at a toy store.
3: Yeah, they get him the uh, the what the, the nuns, right? They get him something because he needs to do something because he's becoming a young man and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And the guy doesn't want to hire him he doesn't basically want to babysit a little kid yeah the manager the manager of the toy store who is the guy I'm going I'm
2: like I've seen this guy he's in every cheesy 80s movie <laughs> I've seen this guy before and I think he he was the father of um Michael Anthony Hall in weird science remember that he like he he, he like you were saying he he appears in a lot of like TV shows it, he was it was fun to watch him in this movie too because like uh he's like a comic car- character actor I'm not sure what his name is um Brit Leach, Brit Leach, yes,
3: yeah. I th- I always remember him. I want to say he was in a movie where he did something and is like, like uh, great outdoors, maybe.
2: Yeah, it says great outdoors here. Yeah,
3: yeah, like he's the one that keeps getting. Oh no! Wait, no, he's the guy that gets stuck by lightning.
2: Oh yeah, yes, exactly.
3: Yeah, that's it. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. That was very and great to see. Like, like, what does you say? Like, wait, like how many times? like or like whatever or no 6 times 68 or something weird like that dude I'm looking at I'm looking at his list and
2: it seems like he was also in the last star fighter fighter and I'm like fuck he must have been like one of the neighbors uh in that trailer park um yeah, so here's a guy Britt Leach, who's a character actor who kind of appears in a lot of these uh, cult movies in the '80s. Uh, so it was fun to watch him in this movie as the, the toy manager who get who finally gives Billy or gives uh, yeah Billy a, a job as a stock boy because yeah, Billy's huge. Yeah, and so that was a really funny scene. Let me play that that scene because he's looking at him. He thinks he when the uh, the nun comes to to him and says, uh, "Can you provide a, a job for for Billy?" He's thinking it's a young boy, and uh, let me let me play that. It's just not a job for a kid.
1: I suppose not. Sorry, I couldn't help. Well, you wouldn't expect some kid to haul heavy crates all day long, would you? Glad you understand. Well, oh, here's Billy now. Maybe you'd like to meet him, uh, Mrs. That's not necessary. Billy. Really? Meet Mr. Sims. Oh, well, uh, um, I'm always happy to help the church, Sister. Uh, he starts Monday morning, nine o'clock, sharp. Oh, thank you, Mr. Sims.
2: And of course, uh, it being '80s movies, it needs a nice montage.
3: (laughs) Dude, and the soundtrack is amazing—the score and everything. Holy shit, dude! If we ever make a movie, we gotta do all that shit. We have to do this. Like, this is the kind of like soundtrack I'd like for the whole thing. Every time something happens, we just there's a corny '70s.
2: Yeah, oh. it's, it's, it was funny. It's like, uh, again, another indication that this movie shouldn't be taken that seriously. And, I, you know, like to see Billy do to become a toy stock, uh, stock, you know, stocking toys at a toy store.
3: Um, it's just, yeah, it's, a, guess it's, a, what? it's a funny Christmas is coming. You know? <laughs> it's going to get here sooner or later. And you work at a, at a toy store. Yeah, maybe it wasn't the greatest idea, <laughs> but I mean, yeah. Uh, certainly for a guy who has Christmas uh, issues. <laughs> yeah, foreshadowing like a mofo in this. Yeah, but it's funny too because I think the guy that actually plays that that character, the that we were just talking about, mm-hmm. I don't think he's a small man of stature. Like he's got to be at least six feet. So when they show him like panning up on the skin, <laughs> he just looks. He looks like a middle linebacker. He's just a huge, huge. That's when they made white boys humongous.
2: <laughs> well, that's the whole idea that Billy's now a grown-up and he is, you know, if he could, like, if he loses his shit, that he will be a, a formidable,
3: you know, person to kill people, you know? <laughs> that's Yeah, stro- strong enough to strangle somebody with Christmas lights by just holding them up in the air. <laughs> like, that kind of strong? Yeah, exactly. Is it happy? <laughs> It's just awesome. I'm like, dude, like... <laughs> Like, how strong do you got to be to pull that one off? (laughs) And then it's funny, too, because, okay, so he works at the place and he's getting bullied by that little guy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's the greatest thing is that these little guys have the little complex and they're pushing (laughs) these bigger dudes and pushing, pushing, pushing. And when they get, like, their revenge, it's, like, insane. But this one goes a little far and billy has this infatuation with the, his coworker
2: this woman who works at the toy store too and it, there's some like kind of a um a, like a sex scene kind of thing but th- is that like part of his imagination did he
3: just believe that or was that real yeah and I, I, no i think it's imagination i think it's part of to show his uh innocence still yeah. you know what i mean yeah cuz it was even like it wasn't even like a like a hot and heavy like fantasy which is like a romantic almost you know yeah it was two naked bodies in the in the bed and uh
2: yeah i was it was like weird i go is, is this really happening and i guess it isn't because the girl yeah, eventually has a thing with the other dude the, the the yeah
3: and he's got no bed he still lives <laughs> at the orphanage it's true I mean? yeah yeah but then it's funny because these are okay it's not funny what i'm about to say is i wanted a record that rape is not funny oh right yeah, exactly. but these movies push the rape button so far and it's just like the guys
2: it's just like there's no in between there's like yeah it's like
3: you want to get it on no then i'm just gonna you. <laughs> yeah it's like like
2: there's no like uh you know it goes from zero to 50 quick you
3: know and... Yeah, uh, th- this is before no means no <laughs> yeah well i mean this, this is what started this, that. Is, <laughs> this is when no gets you slapped <laughs>
2: Yeah, that, yeah. So the 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 scene you were talking about is like that happens a little bit later, and but also we should say that's the reason why Billy kills that guy, right? Or be yeah, yeah. He
3: didn't he didn't snap yet. Yeah, he was just because it's the flashback to his mom almost getting raped. And, right, right. I mean, it's but still another cheesy. <laughs> let's show some titties for you know in the middle of a weird.
2: Well, you know, these type of movies have a quota, and they they have to fill that quota with you know certain scenes and certain yeah. nudity and stuff like that, but. uh and that's just kind of like common for a lot of these '80s horror movies. Uh, I think that the big thing about this movie is that, or the turning, the turning point in this in this movie is that Billy now, now he's like he's older. He's he, it seems like he got his shit together. He's now working in a good job, but now they're forcing him to dress as Santa Claus, <laughs> and this is probably the the, the biggest mistake because uh, obviously he uh, that's probably the worst thing you could do for a guy like this. And let me play that scene where he is. He is dressed as Santa Claus, and now he is
3: uh, talking to the kids.
2: Certain way of talking to the kids.
3: Well, like that, and then it's the the, the meanest little naughty, (laughs) screaming little girl. Yeah. Stop.
0: Please stop it. What's the matter with you? Please Please. Stop it. Please stop it. What's the matter with you? Stop it. Stop kicking Do you have any idea what you're doing? You're being naughty. Right on Santa's lap. I don't bring toys to naughty children. I punish them. Severely. That's right. Stop it. Or I'll have to punish you. He sure knows how to handle kids. He's great, isn't he?
3: But that that
2: sets up the rest of the movie, man. He he wants to uh, separate the the, the the good kids from the bad, and he's gonna punish the bad, you know.
3: But it's funny because when he punish, <laughs> he <just> keeps, <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do with my kids. Dude. Christmas is what in a, in a week, yeah. And then he's gonna wake up and start slashing, <laughs> punish. Uh yeah. I mean, that, 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 that's
2: what's so like fun about this movie is like it's it's. It's having a fun time with the Christmas idea and how Santa is like, if you really think about it, you know, take away the holiday aspect, take away the children aspect. But, you know, here you got a guy who's very ju- judgmental. I'm talking about Santa Claus now. He's a very judgmental dude. I mean, who's mm-hmm. to say who deserves to be on a naughty or nice list, you know? And who, who put him in charge? <laughs> so here's a guy who has a tremendous amount of power and he's going to wield that power. And he, and, and and then Billy's, and Billy's thinking – uh, wield that power
3: through an axe, <laughs> and, and you know what's so funny because I was thinking about this too. It's the concept of the axe murderer guy, mm-hmm. like how that got, how that fell into Santa's realm. Like Santa's going to your house, do you randomly keep an axe? You know what I mean. It's like this was the only way to get the axe involved was to have it on the wall. You know what I mean for the emergency. Yeah, I wonder. If, I wonder if that's something uh, just. Um... There's but ax murder is cliche, right? It's it's common for hey, let's not make him just a murderer. Let's make him an ax murderer. Well,
2: maybe the the, the 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 particular axe, you know, the, the relationship of an axe with a psychopath or a murderer. Maybe that comes from like the middle uh, middle America, you know, where lumberjacks or you know cutting wood is a thing. Maybe early incredibly available. Yeah, uh-huh. and early crimes were done through axes or killing your wife or killing your partner or some kind, you know.
3: It'd be it'd be a pretty gruesome way to go. Yeah, you know, like be uh,
2: like Lizzie Borden, Borden, like she was mm-hmm. an axe murderer. So maybe that it had something to do about history or something like that.
3: You know, and it's just hey, well, you think about it, like if if you had a couple weapons at your disposal, I'm thinking the axe is probably not the easiest to carry, you hide, <laughs> conceal. You know what I mean? Wield. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. And I guess you got to be pretty strong to chop people up. Yeah, I I mean, certainly in in the same physique as Billy is. If you think about it getting shot and you die, you're still you. But if these fools start chopping you, they can even make it where you're just in pieces. You're not even close to like a person anymore when they're done, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I'm just wondering why it's always the axe, you know? On a visual level, it looks more menacing, you know, like through films
2: and, and comic books and stuff like that. It's just like, it looks more, it look, as a visual aspect, it looks really formidable and, and evil than like, say, someone with a gun. And, you know, mm. a, a gun could do more damage than an axe for sure. But, you know, seeing that image is just, I think it, it's an automatic uh, reaction to it, emotional reaction to it.
3: It's better for puns Let <laughs> me ask you a question and <laughs> yeah. chop somebody yeah.
2: But in, in And so in this point in the movie, in Silent Night, Deadly Night, Billy, you know, is dressed as Santa Claus. There's a, after he's done with the children, he there's a, um, a, a Christmas party for the toy store. And that's when he kind of loses it. And he goes on a murder rampage. And there's like one of the kind of the creepiest scene, like really creepy scenes, is when he encounters a little girl. And, and you know, he has run off from the toy store. Now he's on the loose. And he's like killing people in the, in the town, and there he he just killed this little girl's sister, who is uh, he's having some
3: sexy time with with her boyfriend. Yeah, more another titty shot.
2: Yeah, and more typical kind of slasher stuff. But then then he encounters this little girl who believes he's Santa Claus, and I think it's generally generally is a creepy scene. Uh, let me play that
1: see you come.
0: Did you bring me a present? Have... have you been good? Or have you been naughty?
1: Good.
0: You haven't done anything naughty.
1: No, Santa Claus.
0: (laughs)
2: So Billy just gives the little girl a um, a box cutter, a bloody box cutter. <laughs> so, uh, and he walks away and he doesn't kill the little girl. I think that's a, like a genuinely creepy and really cool scene. And I didn't expect that to be in this movie where it was up to this point, it's been pretty kind of, you know, farcical and, 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 and campy. But I think that that was like, I, I mean, if that scene was in a, a kind of a more, Respected horror movie. I think it would
3: have been one of the better, better scene. I think it would have too was that they didn't want him to just be the killing machine. Yeah, I mean there he had, that there there is a pause in there somewhere. Mm-hmm.
2: There there is a thing about this this character this he, this idea in this franchise that he is someone of a vigilante. He's someone who's who's only trying to kill the naughty people, but then you know they don't stay with that rule. <laughs> they play
3: you know sometimes he just kills people randomly too. The, well, what well, the funny thing too is when you were talking about how he killed the sister, mm-hmm. she's got a boyfriend that's downstairs, and the whole time she's being chased and screaming and getting cut, oh, yeah, and yeah, like yeah, killed. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't hear anything. Right, right, right. It's like, hey, are you finished with the popcorn? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> it's like, oh, you all the screaming and stuff. Did you think that was, you know, something that she she just walks into the next room and screams? But that part always gets me. <laughs> well, it's funny because like this this. Comes after Halloween. It's
2: it's playing a little bit off off of that what John Carpenter did in that movie. It's it's trying to do a lot of different things, and uh, I think ultimately it it really is trying to be like a paperback version of Halloween, or let you know, or a slasher film. A
3: cheesy slasher. Yeah,
2: but it that doesn't mean that doesn't devalue the the the, the film. I think it it works in the in, in that sense. I think you could we could like um, respect the movie for what it is if it, you know it's not trying to be anything different i mean it, it's not trying to be an oscar winner that's definitely not the intention of this movie but so i think i for that reason i respect this kind of uh, uh, this original film for um, <laughs> i don't know if you can say that with every film in that in that <laughs> franchise but certainly with this movie you can
3: yeah well i mean it's it's funny because of course these cheesy campy even like the friday the 13th for some reason the guy he wants to go back to the orphanage mm-hmm where it all kind of started. And by this time, the cops know that there's a killer on the loose. So they do the classic move where they see a Santa, but it's not the right Santa type of deal. You know what you're I'm talking about? The The Santa oh, that's... Oh. oh, okay. He's, yeah. a, he's right. a deaf priest. Yeah, <laughs> and he's they make him a deaf priest. So could it be any worse? So, well, of course, when there's well, in, screaming for him to stop, he can't hear. In the final act of this movie, the cops are so stupid <laughs> in
2: the movie. First, they almost killed a, 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 a father who, who's uh, just giving presents to his his daughter. They, they you know, they, they get on the, uh, on the, uh, the, you know, on the walkie talkie. They're, they're, they're saying that we need, uh, we need to arrest a Santa Claus. We, they're, they're, yeah.
3: The APB for <laughs> big, big guy red suit. <laughs> yeah. And, and so
2: they're, they're, go- they're, they're, they're driving around the town looking for the Santa Claus. And they barge into one particular house, and it's it turns out to be a father dressed as a Santa Claus. So they almost kill this guy, and then they end up killing a guy <laughs> who they think is the killer, but just turns out to be like you were saying, a, a deaf priest who works at the uh, at the uh, the orphanage where Billy's from.
3: Yeah, because they they hear the APB. They say he's might be heading back for the to the orphanage. So they go to the orphanage. And of course there's the Santa Claus walking up to the door, but it's horrible because he's, he's already being greeted by the children. <laughs> <laughs> and don't they do this, the scene where the, they, they shoot him in the back. Cause he doesn't stop. And don't they have the blood spray on one of the kids?
2: Oh, I it was, oh there's my.
3: a, yeah. Cause it, it pauses on a kid. That's like standing there. And I think they put a couple of drips on his shirt or something. <laughs> wait, that's like, wait,
2: isn't that, isn't that Ricky though? Wasn't that Ricky who sees that?
3: Or was that a little? Or, about, or was wasn't it supposed to be him?
2: Or it could have been like
3: another kid. In the next, in the next movie, they show him. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so it it might have supposed to have yeah, it might have been him, but they didn't do it because you know they switched the kid afterwards mm-hmm. to be him. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it was just horrible. Mm-hmm. Like the kids are out there, they start screaming when Santa gets shot. It's hilarious. It's <laughs>
2: it's funny. It's funny because like obviously the in a movie's like in a movie like this, the cops have to be this stupid, you know, they have to be stupid for in order to make this stuff work, you know? And so it's funny to see that kind of come, come off. And, you know, to me, like one of the other great scenes in the film is when Billy's is, is staring down mother superior. This is a person he hated when growing up, she was strict. She had so many rules. And, uh, and there was a scene where he, she, she stares them down and, he, she's trying to convince him that there is no Santa Claus and you're not Santa Claus but at this point he is in front of all the children all the <laughs> yeah that's right all the children that's right I totally forgot about that yeah that's that yeah. so let me play that scene and uh, um, again it's, it's like a really kind of classic uh, ending for a movie like this oh, Santa come here
0: come here Andrew no santa claus
4: there is no santa claus there is no santa claus
2: us is God Uh,
3: what a great way to end the movie <laughs> no the best way to end the movie oh, is the kid so the kid yeah well, here, 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 let me put let me, let, me, let me put it back here's an go. here we go
2: <laughs> so he's dead the camera's panning up this the little boy who's. This is Ricky. This is, is, is his younger brother.
3: Naughty. <laughs> That's classic, dude. You can wait the whole movie just for that
2: part. Uh, uh. <laughs> and he's she and, and Ricky Ricky's looking at mother, mother Superior, so mother and you know he blames Mother Superior for his for Bill, Billy's death.
3: Right, she did. She drove him crazy.
2: Uh, so you know we kind of ruined Sign Night, Deadly Night, but you know what? They didn't ruin shit. <laughs>
3: you still gotta watch it if you're out there. But it's funny
2: that we we went through this. We did exactly what Part Two did. Yeah, let's talk about a little bit about, about part 2 because part 2 which is totally campy.
3: But I like part 2 because part 2 starts off with the the little brother in the asylum like. Mm-hmm. He's in men- and he's basically... a, he's in a mental hospital and we yeah, don't know why.
2: We, we would think that he's she's be back in the orphanage or something like that.
3: But and then he's telling basically like, you know, it's almost like a therapy session. Right. He's talking to so he... a psychiatrist and and he <laughs> and... basically just for the first 40 minutes,
2: he just recaps
3: the whole first movie but it's not even recap and he starts talking and then they just play the goddamn they play the <laughs> clip they play 40 minutes worth of the first movie right. the first movie is like an hour and a half and then the, the next part of that
2: of part two is basically another flashback of why he's at the mental hospital and we learned that he actually uh killed a couple people killed a girlfriend of his and the ex-boyfriend of his girlfriend and then that he went to a murderous rampage and uh yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, you know but, but before we get into part two, let's talk about because uh, I forgot that we should talk about the controversy around uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Uh, oh yeah,
3: and you know what's funny? Did you read that thing that it, it it premiered the same week as Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah, and I think it did better than Nightmare. Yeah, it did better the opening weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, like a like a like that's the power of a great poster. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> especially when everybody starts talking about it that was that's the whole controversy
2: what, what happened is like parents at the time didn't like the idea that they're taking the the, the the sacred uh the sacred image of of Santa Claus and turning turning him into a homicidal maniac and they don't, they don't like that idea they didn't like the, the TV spots or the trailers the poster and so they they protested the film and they to a point where they actually was they had to pull the the pull the film from theaters after like two weeks. And so it didn't necessarily got banned, but it got pulled and and, and, uh, became this very big controversy and became this big kind of bad film that you you shouldn't watch.
3: Yeah, which is funny because it's one of the first times I could think of, not first, very first, but where just the public opinion could, you know what I mean? It it could have that much effect. Yeah. And they even said people weren't watching it. Like people thought they were basically gonna ruin the image of santa but they didn't understand that there was a method to the santa it wasn't that santa himself it was a kid that saw something horrible that made him crazy and it just happened to do with santa you know what it's they thought we were they were changing the way people wanted to see santa like just making santa to be a crazy guy well it's so weird because this is not like the first movie to
2: have like a psycho santa claus in the film yeah. And I think it had something to do more because it was 1984 and it really felt like at the time that people were trying to, you know, like in the 80s. I, I saw a documentary about the 80s like a couple of years ago. It was like, I think it was produced by Tom Hanks and it was a CNN documentary. It was like a, it's just like talking about the culture and talk about movies and, and politics and all whatever happened in the 80s. They did it for the 90s too. Uh, and someone said something about 80s, which I thought was very insightful. It said something about uh, at the time people wanted to go back to a sense of normalcy after going through the 60s and 70s, after going to after going through Vietnam, you know, Watergate, after going to like all the political and social uh, ter- turmoil, turmoil of the 60s and 70s, that when the 80s hit, people were just tired and wanted to have this kind of wanted this return to normalcy and i think that's what happened here i think uh people just saw this as a kind of more decrep decreption or more uh, evil more kind of uh insanity you know and they're kind of re- rejecting it you know so i think that's what happened because if you think about it there was actually three or four films before this that had like a, a killer santa claus or a guy dressed as a santa claus
3: I'm trying to think. I I, I think it's just the, it's the concept, you know, mm-hmm. the construct of something that's supposed to be make everybody feel so happy. Like when you see Santa, you want to smile, or kids want to run up to him, and then making <laughs> that that you know the source of everybody's of fear. I think. I I mean it's it's they've done it for you know on different things, different levels, right? But I guess Santa was just supposed to be untouchable.
2: Yeah, I think it's... And uh, people just have a strong feeling about Santa Claus that they want to protect him, you know, even though he is a fictional character and, and really they're trying to protect, you know, their old sense of, of of innocence, I guess.
3: And then what I was reading was they said that um, these were people that hadn't seen the movie. Mm, yeah. So it's not like it they saw sense. it and then they they were against it. And they actually said that, what, uh, back in the day, Siskel and Ebert... Yes. ...were big on the bandwagon <laughs> and they hadn't seen it. Yes. And if you're a... A movie critic, you really shouldn't do anything without watching. You know well, I, mean? I think
2: they did. They did review it, and in in their review, they kind of uh, called them out uh, and said that this was a despicable film. But I think you know, you know, and I know you're not a big fan of 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 movie critics, nope. uh, and a lot of it because they used to in the 80s they used to uh, make fun of of these horror movies. Um, but you know, I was a big fan of G- uh Sisko and Ebert. You know. M- my memory of them is like they were the ones that introduced me to films that i haven't seen before and so uh but yeah i think they are they're definitely in the wrong with, with this one and there let me throw let me throw you uh, uh let me play a old entertainment tonight segment which actually talks about this uh controversy and actually an attempt to reissue the film back in theaters a couple of years later in i think it was 1986 uh 85 so which is a year later So let me play that, because I thought this was very interesting, and it does have a little bit of what Siskel said.
1: Last Christmas, Silent Night, Deadly Night, that's the one with Santa as the axe murderer. Well, it's coming back. Dick Shoemaker has that story in our news studio. Rob, when Silent Night, Deadly Night was first released, many parents were shocked that a movie about a maniacal Santa Claus would be shown at Christmas time. Well, now it's the month of May, and the film's producer is trying again.
0: It'll play in every every part of the country, including back in some places where it began to play and was pulled. Silent Night, Deadly Night, the movie that shocked America,
1: outraged ah! Hollywood and frightened the government. The, the new advertising campaign plays up the earlier controversy about the film, when angry parents picketed theaters where it played and the critics took offense.
0: And Silent Night, Deadly Night now has the distinction of joining I Spit on Your Grave as one of the two most contemptible films i've seen and i don't mean to think it's campy it really is quite awful
1: but the producer claims critics had other motives for reviewing the film
0: they were coming off an enormous amount of publicity on that picture and i think that they knew that by reviewing that picture on their show they would get higher ratings and ira richard Barmack produced it you people have nothing to be proud of even if you made a few bucks off of all the negative publicity your profits truly are blood money Shame on you Siskel and shame on you Ebert, because I don't believe you. I think it was the height of hypocrisy for them to take that attitude. If they genuinely were horrified at the picture, they know very well that the most effective thing they could have done is to not review the picture. And yes, we even see Santa give one little girl a bloody knife as a gift and threaten another little girl with physical punishment as she sits on his lap. You might think that it would be funny, Roger, or Perry. It's played as quite sick in the film. I find it so amazing that if you say a guy gets into a Santa Claus suit and he's driven over the line, that people don't on the face of it see why that's funny.
1: Silent Night, Deadly Night opens in 93 theaters tomorrow in North and South Carolina and in upstate New York with plans for a wider release already in the works.
2: Mary. Oh, wow, it's a really interesting segment there. <laughs> I think uh, I agree with the producer there that you know uh, he's saying that the, the 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 audience is smarter than than and they know it is this is a joke or this is not to be taken seriously. And I think he's right, and I think Cisco's in the wrong with that.
3: Yeah, see, that's my biggest thing against movie reviewers. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of like their job is to watch movies, but if the it's just like it's it's your job if you're not interested in the movie, you don't watch it. Mm-hmm. So if there's nothing to a movie that would make you want to watch it, and you have to watch it you're not going to be positive. You know, you, you, It's a movie you wouldn't have watched on your own, so all you can do is think about that you didn't want to watch it, and these are all the reasons why you didn't. So it's harder to find a good performance in a movie you didn't want to watch or positive things about a movie you weren't interested in in the first place. You know what I mean? I, I wonder if the
2: controversy actually helped the franchise. I wonder if the 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 fact that it was pulled off from theaters ultimately helped its... Nor- nor, notoriety or its fame or if infamous uh, status and um you know so, so so maybe both people win both you know both parties win in that sense that you know people could get on their moral high ground and also you know profit from from its infamy i
3: don't know yeah it's just like it's what what do they say uh any publicity, is good publicity. <laughs> yeah yeah so good or bad yeah. like in these people sometimes to make a name for themselves mm-hmm. They want to say something extreme about it anyway. So, I mean, at that time, there were, Siskel and Eber, they were famous enough, but I'm saying that's why when you get these local reporters and everything, right. and they want to they want to glamorize how horrible the depiction is. But it's like, okay, now you're famous because you're trashing something. <laughs> but it's kind of like the next time you trash something, if it's something that everybody likes, you know, there goes any credit you have. But I, I, don't, I don't know, man. It's just it's a movie you know <laughs> it's
2: just a movie so what happened is like they tried to re-release it I guess it did some somewhat of a I guess it made some so much money that they, they, they were able to do a part two and like when we're talking about part two which I think now it's like deli- this is more deliberately a campy film I mean I, and it is kind of remembered as one of the great campy cult films of of the 80s yeah, part 2s usually are though, you know what I mean? That's true. I mean, I think nowadays we don't think of sequels as lesser, part lesser than the original, but back in the 80s and 90s, if a movie made a sequel, oh, it's going to be horrible. <laughs> it's going to be less, yeah. it's going not going to It was only like Godfather was actually where Godfather 2 was actually as good as the first one. But that was yeah, really rare, rare.
3: Godfather and Rocky. Oh, yeah, the yeah. only sequels right, right. that are probably up to par with the originals. But yeah, it's like part two was like, okay, I'm going to take all the leftover shit that they wouldn't let me do in one. We're going to slam it into another movie and this is going to be outrageous. Let's go. You know what I mean? That was part two for everything, dude.
2: Yeah, we're going to shoot it with a lower budget, quicker, and we're going to make a profit out of it. That's
3: Yeah, we're just a lot of cussing, a lot of nudity. Let's go, let's go. Where nowadays like sequels
2: are like no, we're gonna add more money to it, we're gonna have more stars on it. you know it's like a totally different idea or a different uh way of thinking now um yeah, but uh, what's your feelings about part two did, it, it, did you uh, obviously you saw this when you were younger as well, right?
3: you know yeah, but I didn't remember it, so I watched it again on the on a rewatch, and it was funny because I was telling you it's the first one was <laughs> the only one that wasn't free on prime yeah or prime and shutter, so I have subscription, so once I watched the first one, and then I just chained the rest. I just was watching through the whole week. I think I watched one every night. Mm-hmm. And part two, I was upset with, because the first 40 minutes are just, it's, um yeah, it's just, just a... throwbacks to the first one. <laughs> yeah, it's a recap and of the then, first movie, yeah. Yeah, and then the rest of him, just like you said, it's almost like his flashback. So it was like, to me, I felt robbed of a movie, because it didn't really progress anything. It was... It was. It looked like they had like half a roll of film, <laughs> and they were like, "If we use this half, like if we already had half, mm-hmm. and then we just make like forty more minutes, we could make a movie." But I mean, overall, it was cool. But it's the same exact concept, mm-hmm. except he's not as big and weird looking at his brother. But I, I thought it was cool. And I know what you're saying, but it's it's they did they they jumped the shark for cheesy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, ness, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, it's known for particularly at one scene where. It, they, he says garbage day, which was when he yeah, was I, dude, I
3: didn't pick up on that one until you said it. Yeah. So when he does like the, the mur-
2: murderous rampage, that was like a, that scene is a classic scene that has, you know, live on internet for, for a while now. And I didn't realize that this was part of actually the silent night deadly night franchise. I didn't know where that scene came from, but I have seen that scene many times on internet, uh, as a joke. as, like one of the most ridiculous scenes ever put on stone on celluloid. Yeah. But uh um yeah, I mean, yeah, so this movie's centered on Ricky, who is the younger brother of Billy, and he recaps the whole first movie. In the first 40 minutes is basically like watching the move the first movie again. So you don't really need to watch the first movie. You could just watch part 2 and like catch up of what happened. And yeah, it, it's like the highlights. And and okay. so Ricky tells – and in the second half then, Ricky tells his story. But I like the – you know, for this movie, I liked how it begins. Like he – you know, he's sitting in a mental hospital, in a room, in a mental hospital. He's talking to a psychiatrist. And um, they asked him – the psychiatrist asked him, like, who killed your parents? And I thought – this gives you an idea. I'll, I'll play that scene. This gives you an idea of the, the, the different tones between the first two movies because this is completely – Campy. Who's the actor? Let me see. Who Who's the actor who uh, plays Ricky in this one? Because he does a Eric Freeman. He, he's a. I don't know if it's he's a bad actor or he's a great actor. <laughs> yeah, it's like
3: these. It's like these guys weren't endowed <laughs> enough to be porn stars. So they put him <laughs> in these movies, man. But it works. It works a hundred percent for this movie and in, in this particular oh,
2: yeah. town. So let me play it. <laughs>
0: Let's get something straight. I will ask the questions. You will answer them, you will talk, I will listen. But then you know that, not the first psychiatrist you've seen. No, kidding. Fine. Then let's get started. I need to ask you something. Shoot, it's your dime. killed your parents
1: you really want to know who
0: ricky who did it santa claus
3: (laughs) dude it's like a table reading (laughs) and somebody was missing and they just ask this dude, you know, like, "Hey, can you do this a favor? Yeah, I know. Can you read? Yeah, okay. I need you to read these lines." The awkwardness
2: of his acting in the movie it just works for the film. I, 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 uh-huh. I, I, there's, I, mean, look. If I was maybe if this I think this came out in 1987. If I was if this was 1987, I and I I bought a ticket. I'd probably be very pissed off. Now that it's you know we're 30 years later or 40 years later or I do 30 35 years later. I kind of appreciate for the for what it is. It's this really, really campy, campy movie. And like his performance is just like it's very stunning in a way that it that it got that someone recorded it.
3: <laughs> like see. If if this was in nineteen eighty seven and me and you were friends and we we're going to the movie theater, you'd be like, Hey, let's go check out this Silent Night, Deadly Night Two. I was like, dude, we were, I thought we were gonna watch Predator. <laughs> You're like, nah, that movie shit, man. Let's go watch this one. <laughs> I would have killed you as soon as we exited the movie theater. Exactly. <laughs> I you
2: know. I, I mean, this. I think this movie was meant for a late night cable, meant for uh, the home entertainment market. It was something like. Uh, it needed to be
3: introduced by Elvira. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't it,
2: You know, I I think it's you know it's known for being this this bad of a quality and for good reason. But I think because it's such a because those are things that are very rare. There's like, I mean, truly rare films that the bad is also that's so bad that it's good. It's good, yeah. It's that that you kind of appreciate that that you got a chance to watch it,
3: you know. Because there's a lot. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty soon. Pretty soon, they're gonna stop making these kind of movies, man. <laughs> well, We're there's stuck.
2: a there's a lot of movies that just are just terrible, and there's no redeeming value to it. And so, I like that there's something about this movie that actually
3: <laughs> actually yeah, is fun you- about it. And if you don't take yourself seriously, oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, they really, really don't. None of the franchise does really. When you get into the other mm-hmm. ones too, what serious is not something they're into.
2: One of the weirdest thing about part two, other than like the first part is a recap. Then it gets into what Ricky's story, and he goes into his flashback and telling his story about how he was adopted by a Jewish couple because he also has Christmas issues. So of course. He's going to be adopted by a Jewish couple, Um, someone who don't celebrate Christmas.
3: Yeah, he should
2: be safe. He should be safe. It was a perfect, it was actually a brilliant idea. Uh, um, But then, you know, him growing up and him having these kind of issues and him, like, uh, having a a girlfriend and uh, (laughs) there was, like, he talks about his first killing. He talks about uh, his job. Uh, that he kills somebody from a you know, and all, all these killings are are people who are men who have been naughty. You talk about how they go from zero to sixty when it comes to the the sexual assault thing. This happens yeah. in this movie too, <laughs> quite a number of times, where Ricky is like the vigilante uh who takes you know, who take kills the the rapist. But like the weirdest thing in this movie though is like he's he has a girlfriend, Jennifer. And he takes his to he takes her to the movies, and in the movies he's watching the movie. he's watching a horror movie, and then and then and then it's it's the it's Silent Night Deadly
3: Night right? I, yeah, I know <laughs> like it, it is. Dude, that's the best. I thing. don't know what that means. Is this means that is this all in his brain? Or I'm thinking they didn't have any rights to any other movies, <laughs> so they just threw that one on. I guess. dude. I just I read something right here. Sorry, man. They're talking about how they use so much. Of the first movie and the second movie, that they ran the credits from the first movie in the credits of this movie because they ran because it was so much. Oh shit! They played the entire casting crew from the. Part they had to one. give
2: them give them some credit for it. yeah. The,
3: it's they they reuse their images, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me play that scene where he's in the uh,
2: movie theater. The movie theater, because the I think this this is probably the most hilarious one because he's also have to deal with some rude moviegoers, too.
3: (laughs) More action. More violence. More death and destruction than any film ever seen before.
4: You like this stuff?
3: Chaos. Huh?
4: This movie's supposed to be scary. Once it starts. So? Let's go! Start the movie! 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 Wait, oh, great. We have to listen to that for two hours.
0: No, it's okay. It's starting.
1: You got a
0: problem, pal? See what I mean? What did you say
2: this movie was about oh
4: it's great it's about this guy who dresses up like santa claus and kills
1: people what I'm
2: so up, like over we're saying i mean is this in his mind like because this is a flashback he's talking about this this as a as a memory and so i don't know if this is I, maybe you're right maybe they just didn't have a, a license to any other movie other than silent night deadly night
3: <laughs> yeah and he she just referenced that this that they're banging, so I'm not sure if like it maybe it is part of his imagination, like he's not even, but that would mean that he's not even like that in the movies, you know what I mean? Or maybe it's, it's just maybe
2: it's a maybe it's a joke, it's a it's probably a cheeky joke. It's a you know, like saying that we understand that you know, this is cheap, <laughs> this is cheap film, you know, and we're just reusing everything we can from the first movie,
3: or showing that hey. You guys don't believe it, but the first one really was in the movies. You know, oh, just, yeah, that's a great. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it was in and out so fast that <laughs> they caught it during the one week. <laughs> Maybe. I just like that the guy that's causing all the problems is like, there's two of them. There's one dude, and he just keeps yelling out the weirdest shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Start the movie. That's how you were, I think. right, <laughs> Dude, was, like, that's when I was attacked at Titanic. Yeah, I know. That's what it reminded me of. <laughs> Dude, I was watching this thing, and i talking, remember you talking about Ricky's acting? Yeah. So, have uh, the part, you know, at IMDb, with the uh, trivia, and it says, Ricky's eyebrows move up and down 130 times. <laughs> I guess that's like when the actor asked for more emotion. It was in the eyebrows. Yeah, but this guy's, this guy's horrible. Well,
2: you know what? To, to be fair, he's not the only one who's horrible in the movie. Uh, there's a scene where he confronts uh, the girlfriend's ex boyfriend, Chip, and he's just—he's <laughs>
3: equally as bad. And you know, it's funny—they—they they, got to make him opposite. So this guy's yeah. like clean-cut, brown hair, <laughs> and then this guy—they So they make Chip this like curly-haired, yellow, like curly blonde hair guy. Yeah, <laughs> very talkative. Yeah, uh,
2: exactly. And look, it's, it's like he's—he was funny too. Let me play that clip. I mean, where he. Basically, kills him with, and it's so weird. He kills him through a battery, a car battery. Yeah, he puts the jumper cables in his mouth. That's that's uh, I, I don't. That, take, that will take a lot of effort to kill somebody. <laughs> but I guess if you don't have an yeah. axe or a knife, uh, you do with what you can. What's what's
3: nearby. He's he's literally the MacGyver of murders. <laughs> Just whatever's on hand. Chip.
0: Homecoming, Chip. The hayride. That's enough. Oh, it speaks. I said, that's enough. Listen, bud. That's what she said when I fucked her brains out. Backseat of old red here. Shut up! (laughs) Falling for me again, huh? And you're...
2: there goes chip uh it's it's it's, it's again a really kind of stupid film that i think if you if you don't take it seriously i think you're gonna you'll have a fun time watching it it's oh, yeah. what would you, would, you, would you say silent night deadly night part two is like a christmas movie because it's not really uh they don't well they don't establish what time of the year is it do they it, well, it's always flashbacks, so you see a lot of flashbacks. Yeah, so it I doesn't guess, have to be Christmas. I guess I guess he does go he, he does escape and then he eventually he does go back to Mother Superior. Like Ricky escapes from the mental hospital. But is he dressed up as Santa Claus? I thought he was wearing the prison garb. No, he's yeah, he's he's dressed up as Santa Claus. but I don't think it's Christmas. Yeah, I don't okay. I, I don't think it's set in Christmas, but they they definitely there's Christmas imagery. He's Christmas it, tones, yeah. For sure, yeah. It's it's, it's, it's I, I bet you this was probably released during the summer or some kind because,
3: <laughs> dude, I just I'm watching your garbage day scene right now. <laughs>
2: well, let, let me play that because I I think it's probably the greatest.
3: Okay, so the garbage day scene. Let's just... it's it, yeah. I mean, it's classic. Almost it, it's not as good as like the visual effect of the guy that you just played mm-hmm. getting his brains, uh, his eyes explode yeah. because his brains exploded or the guy that he shoves the freaking uh what is it the umbrella through oh yeah that's the when his first sh- kills and yeah he,
2: and then he opens it you know what I mean so it's like well i mean after he kills chip he goes on a murderous rampage through the neighborhood like he a cop comes to him he tries to arrest him and he he shoots him he takes the the cop's gun and he shoots the cop and then he goes i have a gun now <laughs> so and yeah. now he's walking down the street with a gun and, he's
3: leveling up like in a video okay, game, yeah.
2: and so you know he's walking out. He's and he's feeling cocky in himself. He's laughing to himself, and then and then you get the like the infamous uh, garbage day scene. So here you go.
3: Here it is. Hey, what the hell's all that
4: Motherfucker! <laughs>
3: One of the best killings I've seen in a very long time. Because he shoots him through the garbage can, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, I think he's got the garbage can in his hands. He has his garbage can, yeah. I don't know if he goes the... through the garbage can and kills a guy. But, I mean, the first guy he shot just, like, opened up his door and took a step outside. <laughs> and he's just walking down the street and just plugging people. Yeah, it's all... He's a really good shot, too, because he doesn't aim. He's like a from-the-hip guy with a six-shooter. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it goes right through the tr- trash can. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
3: Uh, it, it is he. It is. It's so. It, it's so unbe- unbelievable that it, to to see it, it's to believe it. Yeah, I mean, he might as well be doing like the whole behind the back with the mirrors, <laughs> or just having with two guns, just walking around killing everybody in the neighborhood
2: uh it's a see when i saw well eventually get to that scene i'm like okay i understand what this movie is and what this has to do with the with 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 the 80s i mean it's it's like the the ultimate 80s slash year camp movie it's classic it's a
3: classic thing and uh, dude you're forgetting one of the best parts is he shoots the car that flips over yeah because they're they're doing random construction (laughs) on a on a street which just makes a perfect ramp for the car to do the like the rollover side yeah and did you see the guy? He has to. Wa- he steps out of the way. Yeah,
2: he said, ba- and
3: ca- barely <laughs> nicks him. Like, like yeah, the car almost hits him. Dude. And which
2: I think it's a, It looks like it was an accident. I don't think that was meant to happen. Yeah, I don't think
3: this is a take two kind of movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you want it done, man. <laughs> I mean, like the guy moved out of the way. You can see his mustache. He's like, <laughs> yeah, it was some little Mexican guy it was, double. it was definitely a stunt person. Yeah, yeah, it's hilarious, man. Uh,
2: so I have I love a, the eighties. I, I haven't seen part three and four. Quickly tell us about it because I, I know you you saw that. Yeah, I watched recently. them recently.
3: Yeah, three, three is like uh, I was telling you. It's like in all the movies where they kind of revamp, they kind of retell the story, they switch the players up. But in this one, it's okay. Billy is not dead. Wait, Ricky's not dead. Okay, he's alive. Somehow they keep him alive, but he's like. Body's dead, brain's still going. There's this <laughs> blind chick, and they've somehow, um, she goes and she's going in for like therapy to try to help get her sight back. And somehow they've this mad scientist kind of guy has got her to see his thoughts. Jesus Christ! Yeah, a, exactly. A right, a high so, concept. Yeah, it's a high concept <laughs> because they put him in the same room, and she just doesn't know it because she's blind. Mm-hmm. Oh, so okay. the guy's there, and he's got like a. The top part of his head is glass, so he's got no skull. So it's his brain and fluid and like a see-through aquarium on top of his head. It's like the shape, shaped like a head, but it's all bolted on, right? So she can't see because she's blind, but she sees pictures in her head of him. (laughs) Like the stuff he did Mm -hmm. and shit. And um, of course, then he can... Like, somehow, in his acom- his coma, he can see her doing stuff, too. One of those bullshits where they're sharing a conscience or whatever. Anyway. <laughs> so, of course, he breaks out. He goes on a killing spree looking for her. That kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny thing is, though, he's got no top of his head. But <laughs> somehow, he makes pretty good timing walking. She's in a car, and he-, he makes it to the same place as her. She was driving for hours. This guy's got cardio like you couldn't believe. And, uh... So they just kind of revamp it like that. Um, the guy from I told you the only person I recognize is the guy from The Great American Hero, um, Robert. He's in Robert Culp. Culp, yeah, the yeah, the he's like, he's in a bunch of other stuff. Too, yeah, he
2: was, but yeah, I Spy the original series with uh, Bill Bill Cosby. <laughs> yeah, he's,
3: yeah, a, he's he, always like he's a legendary
2: TV com- TV actor. Yeah. yeah, like a
3: comic second guy. Yeah, and um. So it's, like, they retell it. He goes to the place or whatever. Um, She has to, like, the blind chick has to put him down. But it's so funny because it's, like, the guy's standing there, and she's blind, so she, like, walks right by him. One of those kind of moves where he could be in the same house as her killing people, but she doesn't see it. And it's funny because she has a... uh, The blind girl has a brother that drives her around, and the girlfriend of the brother's around. Just so that they can keep throwing in the nudity scenes. (laughs) So it's like they go to the house, the grandma's house to wait for Christmas and they bang. And then they go looking for something in the barn and then they bang. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like, oh, the movie's almost done, but we didn't do our three (laughs) boob shots. So here we go. And then that's just it. And then the guy gets killed at the end. But they needed her to like trick him to to see where she was or some stupid shit. So, so that was three. That was three. Number four. And I believe number four, it has nothing to do with the, with the franchise. No, it's like, um, I think it was the second or third Halloween where it just had to do with the TV and the subliminal messages. Mm-hmm. It's like that. It went way off, way off the rails. It was just about these women who were in, um, like the workforce and this guy, like this guy and this girl, they're dating they're going for the same job. She's more qualified, but he gets it because he's a guy. Mm-hmm. A lady at work over here is that pulls a girl to the side. Um, basically, like, says, hey, I know a way where you can fast track your career, blah, blah, blah. Then Clint Howard, <laughs> he's like some weird homeless dude. He's got all these, like, um, they're like these weird worms, which goes ties into part five. Oh, yes. But yeah. those worms are in this movie mm. and they use these like weird worms and uh when the girl's asleep he puts one in her like house or whatever or apartment it gets into her and basically it makes her like get all the jobs she wants and like she basically it's called the initiation because there's like a coven of these broads <laughs> and then <laughs> they get all the stuff that they want but then they get pregnant and they have to give their baby quote unquote to, their kid to whatever god has given them all this power to do this bullshit. There isn't even a Santa in this one, dude. I swear to god, there is no Santa in part four. And, um, the girl doesn't want to do it. Whatever. Uh, she doesn't have a kid, but there's, somehow the kid shows up in the sh- in the movie. I don't know if it's a friend or something. But they'll take that kid, but then she has to, like, fight off Clint Clint Howard for that kid. But so Clint Howard um, Clint Howard has a speaking part
2: that's pretty uh pretty prominent in the movie. I mean Before that's why that's said. why I'm asking that. Oh, like he talks? Yeah. Yeah, he talks and everything. Because he appears in in uh Silent Night Daily Night 5 like a cameo, yeah. Like, scene. It, yeah.
3: yeah, it's like a tie in to him. <laughs> so he's like the he's like the the Coven's like like, kind of like their bitch. Mm. Like, their, their gopher, he does... A, Ren, Renfield? He brings them the like a Renfield? Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, uh... What do you call it? But it's so funny, because I want to say he dies in it. But for some reason, he shows up in part five. But it's... But, not, I mean, it has it, almost it's nothing not the, to do with any Yeah, story. it's not the same character, right? Yeah, it's not supposed to be. But those little worm things, they come back in for the toy maker. Right. <laughs> it's that same worm thing, but... So, how did... Silent Night, Deadly Night four
2: ends it's just like a typical.
3: Uh, yeah, like where she does it, she denounces the thing, and mm-hmm. instead of sacrificing the, it's so funny because instead of sacrificing the kid, mm-hmm. like she sacrifices like the main chick that's running the coven thing, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's like she wakes up the next day and she doesn't have the job and everything's like back to normal, <laughs> and it's almost like a dream, but then one of the girls from the coven kind of sees her and gives her like a wink. Mm. Like oh, it wasn't a dream. Uh, it was like a big, long, shitty episode of um, not even I wouldn't even say like Tales from the Crypt. It was like a shitty long episode of like Tales from the Dark Side, mm-hmm. like a little subpar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, no, like three and four really took a shit. Five, the Toy Maker, that was great. <laughs> yeah, so I saw Silent Night,
2: Deadly Night five, the Toy Maker. And the only reason I really clicked on this is the you know, you're, we're talking about these movies. The, the sequels are all available on Shudder. If you have the the horror app, streaming app, you can check all these movies out. The Toymaker, you now the reason why I checked out the Toymaker was that I heard that Mickey Rooney, originally, when the first movie came out, the first Silent Night, Daily Night, he wrote it, uh, to a newspaper, I can't remember which one, to complain about the movie. He was one of the one of the protesters who didn't like the didn't like that they were kind of disgracing this image of Santa Claus. So it's funny how now he's so many years later, this is 1999 1991 now that he's now starring in
3: the number 5th chapter in the franchise. Yeah, but by now isn't he super? Oh, in debt, alcoholic. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I mean he is. Uh, the
2: the he is. Yes, he's slumming it, as they used to say. The, the the those days of him uh, as a mo- a big movie star, a big nor-, nor notable notable name is gone. Yeah, and but I I would say I want to say this, he's probably the best thing about the movie, <laughs> Dude, by far. He is. He gives such a fantastic performance as this. Toy maker who runs a local toy store in whatever – I think it's California.
3: You, you kind and of feel bad, like nobody told him this was just gonna be a big piece of shit. Yeah, and he's so he's, he tried and he's acting his heart out. He's acting, <laughs> yeah. he's acting, man. And I just yeah.
2: love him in the movie. And I go, wow, 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 you know, you you're 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 quickly reminded of like this guy could have been a really good actor, you know, or he could he could this guy was once a very good actor and and, uh, and a lovable guy. I mean, he's such a lovable character. Even though uh, I don't think he makes sense in the
3: movie. I don't think any of this no, makes sense. He, in his it. his character doesn't make sense. His lines don't make sense. <laughs> and this, but yeah, he he he's a true master of his craft. You know, mm-hmm. he didn't he didn't come at it like he didn't phone it in. I mean, yeah, this guy is like legit.
2: Hits, hits his marks, hits of what, what emotion he needs in the, in the scene, and then he's fantastic. Let me play, a, like, a, a clip where he is uh, confronted. Wait, wait, but just
3: for anybody who's going to see this, I just have to warn you, there's some really visual weird shit mm-hmm. with makeup effects and people being, like, toys and not being toys. And <laughs> Dude, like, when the kids dress up as the toy thing, dude, that weirded me out. I'm For real, it's like. Cause they do the hard lines where it should have been a fake head. You know what I mean? Yeah, there, there is, I would say
2: this, not to give anything away, cause we have actually spoiled a lot of the first two episodes and, or the first two chapters. Uh, I think this is best watched, not knowing that much about the movie. Uh, I would say this, it's kind of like a dark version of Pinocchio in this film that, that yeah. Mickey Rooney is kind of a, 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 a Geppetto type of character. Uh, <laughs> Yes, exactly. And I don't know if he. I wonder if this was. I wonder if this was just the toy maker. This would have lived on as a really kind of classic cult movie onto itself, you know.
3: Almost like, like yeah, you're right. Maybe this was the that was the concept, mm-hmm. and they needed something to to get a green lit, you know. Something. I don't know. I mean, I think
2: unfortunately it's it's tagged on to this franchise, and of course, there's no really big uh, connection to it uh, other than you see Clint Howard in a cameo. The, the the bugs you were talking about but there's no really connection to the original two movies uh yeah they just make it around christmas time yeah you know. there is santa claus there's like that stuff the presents are or the killer now They're, you know someone's making these toys that uh, do harmful to to people and if they open up they 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 get killed um yeah, i I think if it if like I said, if I it was simply known as the Toymaker as a its own kind of universe, I think it would have been uh, much more well received. I think it could have been like a, 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 it could have probably spawned its own sequels if it if it if it didn't have this attachment to Silent Night, Deadly Night. But uh let me play you a clip of what Mickey Rourke or uh Mickey Rourke, uh Mickey Rooney does in this uh or what he provides for this film. He's it's uh he's great. He's fantastic.
1: Sarah! What in God's name was Pino doing in my house? What? He was in my bedroom. He scared me and Derek half to death. Oh, that must
4: be some mistake. Pino was with me all day.
1: Don't lie to me, Joe. I saw him. Pino wouldn't do anything like that. I don't want to hear it. I want an explanation, and I want it now, or I'm gonna call the police.
4: Don't call the police. Listen to me. You don't have to do that. Maybe I can clear this whole thing up. You see, I I used to own your I used to live in your house. Pino and I, we lived there for many years.
1: Well, what happened? Why did you move?
4: Well, it wasn't by our choice. Now my business began to go downhill and the bank foreclosed on me and well, we had to move here and things haven't been the same since we moved here. Pino's been crying about wanting to go back to the house. I want to go back to the house, he kept saying. Maybe that's, that had something to do with what happened today.
1: Look, Joe, I'm sorry about your bad luck. I really am. But just because you used to live in the house, it doesn't give Pino license to break in whenever he feels like it. I have a little boy at home. I can't have him doing that. Of course. I understand, Sarah. Understand this. If it happens again, I will call the police.
4: Sarah, it's not going to happen again. Hear me? It's not going to happen again. Okay? Okay.
3: give that man an oscar <laughs> <laughs> you know what the best part is it's okay since you know it's, this is just all audio audio yeah it's her lines against his right and the difference between the way they're delivered it's, and said night night and day yeah. it's like she's on stage <laughs> and she's trying to yell so that the the mics pick her up you know what i mean yeah. and he's just like he's he's really into it like he's there, man. He. He did live in that house, you know what I mean? is <laughs> not going to do this again. I didn't realize Let's the, get this straight. I,
2: I Now, Pino, there's I didn't realize the Well, Pinot is very short for Pinocchio. So, I didn't re- yeah. I didn't get that until I watched uh, rewatched that scene right now. I go, "Oh, okay." Okay, so yeah. you know where that go- it's going. Yeah, it's leading somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I unfortunately it's Like I was saying, it is attached to Silent Night, Deadly
3: Night. I think this could have been its own franchise. I think... It's funny, though, because there is, like... I've seen... I haven't seen the movie, or I don't remember seeing the movie, but there is... I know there's a satire horror movie for Pinocchio. Mm. Where, like, Pinocchio's bad, and he goes around, like, terrorizing and killing people. So it's not like that concept wasn't... Oh, right, right, right. right. ...ever explored. So I don't know why they needed to tie it onto... Or Christmas for this one. Yeah,
2: I know. Mm. It's, um... I don't know. Maybe it was just available. Maybe it was the same producers or same distributors. And they just said, let's just tack this on, you know. <laughs>
3: yeah. Like, we 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 already got the poster for part four. Let Let's just take out the four, put in a five.
2: So that's the Silent Night, Deadly Night franchise right there. Those are the five films. Uh, I, You know, like, I think it's perfect. If you have this dark sense of humor, I would say watch
3: Toymaker <laughs> yeah. first. Uh, and then, well, no, no, I'm, I'd still say watch one. Yeah, I guess so. Like me for, yeah, if you like, like yeah, yeah if you're into
2: slasher films and you're into like some of that kind of gritty, early '80s stuff, yeah, it's Silent something And, and, and I, yeah, I should say Silent Night and Daily Night is a kind of classic cult slasher film.
3: Yeah, you almost want to pay homage to the original, even if it has nothing to do with mm-hmm. it, or the movies ended up so far away, just. Give it its due. Mm-hmm. Just give it a give it a watch. Put it on the background when you're making Christmas cookies or something. <laughs> but five is a definite must-watch. It is so weird. It's to me, it's like creepy weird, but it's also I it's I don't know. It's worth a watch. It's <laughs> definitely it's the cheesiest of all. Yeah. But it's just there's some scenes that you can't if I told you you would mm-hmm. think I'm lying. The ending of that movie is outrageous. Horrible. <laughs> Horribly <laughs> amazing.
2: I, but oh yeah, fanta- But fantastically awesome too. I mean, yeah. it's like just unbelievable what they did to that. What what were you what you learned about Pinot in that movie? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, before we kind of end this uh, uh, podcast, let's talk about some of just the concepts of of Santa Claus. Is how you know. I, I you know I was talking about how Santa Claus is just like kind of a, a, a stomping ground or or a it's fodder for this type of kind of Christmas horror stuff you know horror fans will love to see Santa Claus doing this homicidal stuff why that why 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 is that such a great idea why is that such a great concept why why that continues to work
3: it's because you, you see Santa you let all your guards down mm-hmm. you know what I mean it's just so opposite of the traditional image of him. And, I mean, we're not even talking about, like, you teach your kids, you know, don't talk to strangers, don't, you know, don't do all this stuff. But since the inception of Santa, it's like, oh, this guy's amazing. He's the best. He's going to bring you gifts. You know what I mean? There's never any, from the first time you're told about Santa, it's nothing but good and positive and this guy's the best. You know what I mean? It's, it's A-pluses all the way through and then to think that this guy's going to like cause harm it's just it's so polar to everything that you're taught but i also think it's about the season too i mm-hmm. I, I love like the the concept with krampus that's why krampus is so cool mm-hmm. because it's the anti-santa um like i like we did the um better watch out my kids love that flick mm-hmm. um have you seen anna in the apocalypse no i heard heard good things about that. that's the yeah, musical that's, right zombie yeah musical. that's I think it's right around Christmas too. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot of like not typical Christmas movies that we enjoy. I mean, they're just based around Christmas time. I mean, Gremlins—that was my favorite Christmas movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It wasn't a wasn't a happy Christmas movie. No,
2: Gre- I don't know. It just—I remember watching rewatching Gremlins last year and thinking, "Wow, there's this like a you know the second part of that movie is like a monster movie, like an old classic oh, yeah. monster movie." I was thinking about why this concept works and why it continues to work. And we kind of recently seen it, seen it in theaters. There's a movie called violent night right now that David Har- Harbor. He is playing uh, Santa Claus. That's more of an action take on it. He's playing more, I guess something that it's like a, twi- it was a Christmas twist on die hard, but he is a killing machine in that movie. And I think we kind of love the idea that Santa Claus could have different shades. He doesn't have to be the, the jolly guy.
3: Oh, wait, you're talking about um, the guy from... Uh... Stranger Things? Yeah, Stranger Things, right? Okay, yeah. I saw the... Per- you know, it's so funny. When I saw the trailer for that, uh, for a second, I thought he was going to be a bad guy, and I thought it was going to be a remake of Silent Night.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's... it's it's They're continu- the, the Filmmakers are continuing this type of concept because I think it makes great entertainment. I think people are... Uh, like you were saying before... On this podcast, like your typical Christmas movie isn't necessarily the traditional feel-good type of thing. You like to see different things, like you were saying, Gremlins or or, <laughs> or Red Dawn, <laughs> Red Dawn, That's the best which is Christmas set movie during Emma. during uh, Christmas time, it
3: ends yeah, ends at Christmas time.
2: <laughs> but you like Therefore, you like the obscure one. ones. You like the the off-bound, uh, off-kilter uh, Christmas movies, and I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people are in the same boat, and um. Like, I recently saw Christmas, Bloody Christmas, which is on Shudder. This is a horror movie that has a, it features a killer Santa Claus robot. That concept is pretty cool. I, I I don't necessarily recommend the movie because I don't think the movie is all that great, but it has a really cool idea of, like, turning Santa Claus into a killer robot. I mean, so I think you could, like, play with that character or play, play with that concept and – you know, make more kind of these off kilter uh, Christmas movies, either Christmas horror or Christmas comedies, or you know, Christmas uh, dramas or whatever. It doesn't ne- doesn't necessarily have to be
3: the same type of Christmas movie every year. And it's weird too because it's like one extreme or the other. You got like Scrooged or Christmas Vacation, and then you got like Krampus. <laughs> you know, there's there's no. Well, I guess you you wouldn't wanna in the mainstream in the middle movie, but I don't know. To me, there's way too much commercialization so i don't want to see all these different you know i like you you don't like me it's christmas time now you're gonna to learn to love me but i moved on mm-hmm. in the end we're boyfriend and girlfriend you know what i mean <laughs> it's like dude my wife and daughter watch all those so it's constantly on tv i could turn right now and watch but those are big
2: business and so, you know netflix has a whole line of christmas feel good rom-coms that uh like I watched uh, like two years ago, uh, a movie called Feliz Navidad
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and just by the title alone, I go, I have to watch this. It's with Mario Lopez and it's the worst piece of shit. It's more, it's more offensive than uh, silent night. Deadly <laughs>
3: <laughs> You should have, you wanted to pulled from theaters immediately. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah. you know, before we
2: end the podcast, uh, let's talk about some of our favorite unconventional Christmas movies of recent years. Um, could you think of something that you could recommend for people who want to have a different type of Christmas movie?
3: See, this goes into the whole member our holiday discussion" thing. <laughs> yeah, there's movies that are made around Christmas, but they don't really have to deal with Christmas. Well, well I mean, whatever. Pick.
2: A, you could pick a, you know, a recent, uh, you know, something that you liked recently. The,
3: um, uh, Yeah. See, I mean, the last one it was it was with my kids. It was that like I really liked that. Better watch out that was good. The Ann and an Apocalypse was really crazy cuz it was a musical, I guess. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I mean, it was is entertaining. That was the best part. But as far as like Christmas Christmas movies, we watched what did we watch? We watched Krampus, but that was a little older, but we just hadn't seen it. Yeah, we don't we don't necessarily sit down and watch themed movies because it's Christmas. I mean, there was that one with uh Kurt Russell where he played Santa Oh yeah, that, she was, Chris, that was pretty good. Christmas
2: Chronicles, yeah,
3: yeah, and then Klaus, remember that one? Oh, the the animated, animated mm-hmm. one. Oh fuck, dude, that. And all, okay, I like more movies. That was probably the best Christmas movie I've seen in a while. Like actually, horror, not horror, whatever, something that had to do with Christmas. That was great. Did you see Pinocchio the the oh uh, the Toro? Yeah, the
2: Guillermo the Toro one.
3: We started watching it, and my kids were like, "Come on, dude, dude I hate them. They're so rude." <laughs> Like I stopped it because they were annoying the shit out of me. So we got to pick up on it again. It's a
2: it's a dark version of Pinocchio. It is
3: a or is it though? Because <laughs> everybody true. thinks of Pinocchio as what well Walt Disney says it, but it's a story unto its own. Yeah, it's true. So yeah, it could this could be the, the legit real way, and he got rid of all the that. I mean, I watched the beginning part, so I know what part you're talking about, like the bombing bullshit with the kid. Yeah, damn, that was like because my wife's like, I don't think this is the the Pinocchio we know <laughs> and I said or is it <laughs> this could be the real Pinocchio but yeah I do visually it's awesome it's awesome it's a uh, yeah you're right it's
2: visually awesome it emotionally it's there I think it has one of the saddest endings I've ever seen in ah, shit. <laughs> okay
3: because dude that the part I'm talking about is the beginning right. the, so b- the beginning
2: the beginning's pretty sad too ah, uh, <laughs> it, uh it, it's a movie that um I feel. Don't spoil it,
3: but I, I gotta check it for sure. It's
2: well, it's a movie that I feel uneven with because it's uh, I I I can't put my full recommendations because I think people are gonna there's gonna be people who just don't. Won't, it's gonna
3: ruin the story of Pinocchio. Yeah, well.
2: they won't like it at all, and I, I yeah. it takes a certain person to really kind of appreciate that movie. Um, really quick, I, I have a recommendation for you. I wouldn't say this is a quote unquote Christmas movie, but it does take place during Christmas. Uh. And I think it's one of the one of the better movies I've seen recently. It's called Writers of Justice. This is a Danish film, and it's uh, it's available on Hulu. It's it stars Mad Nick Mickelson, who's from uh, um, Hannibal. He's from that TV series Hannibal. Um,
3: he's wait 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 wait. This is like my favorite dude in the world, man. I love this guy just because of his name. <laughs> Maybe you saw this like movie. Mad's dude. Oh, you know what? I got this on my queue. Watch it. It's I didn't watch it, man. I remember when it came out, like, I remember the trailer for it, too.
2: Yeah, it's fantastic. It's it's kind of like a serious take on Taken, the idea of Taken, like, what you know, like the Liam Neeson movie. Like, what does an older guy do? What kind of, what's the psychological makeup of a guy who would do that to go on a, like, a, on a revenge rampage? But it's also a very dark comedy. It's funny. Actually, I found myself really laughing at the movie too in a, in a Pulp Fiction type of way, you know, and you would know what scene I'm talking about. It's very dark. It's very comedic. I thought it was brilliant. I, it's, it's set against christmas so it's not your typical christmas movie
3: what is he he's what a Finnish or he's a danish guy he's a danish
2: actor he's a and in the film he is a uh soldier who is uh serving in afghanistan his his
3: i gotta learn danish man because whenever i look up this fool most of his movies are like before he started getting in american movies but this guy, everything he's in kicks ass, right. dude. Yeah, he's awesome. This guy, I love him, dude. Like, I would just hang with him. I don't know what he's saying because I don't speak Danish. <laughs> but I'll pick it up fast. Like, even when he was just uh, the fool with uh, King Arthur, man, who got with the hawk. Uh-huh. Dude, the guy was badass. Like, oh, okay, everybody in King Arthur thing, hey, you're all badass. But who's got a hawk? <laughs> this fool, you know what I mean? He still had to be above. And then I never watched the Pusher series, but... I did watch Valhalla um, uh, Rising. Mm-hmm. Dude, that shit was amazing. I And it's so funny because when it was over, I was like, I loved it. I cannot recommend it to people because they're not going to be able to... Mm. It's just a lot of movie for them. And I did it, I recommended it for one dude. And it's so funny because I didn't think he'd like it, but he likes the guy. And uh, he loved it too, man. And it's so funny because when I first watched it, it was in the middle of the night Valhalla Rising. And it, I remember it feeling like it took forever. Like... I thought it was like a four-hour movie. It's only like, it's a solid, what, two hours? Mm-hmm. Or no, hour and a half? Maybe I watch the director's cut or something. <laughs> but yeah, dude, I know I love this guy. Except, you know, it's so funny. I, d- I never watched the show, the Hannibal show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a big show-show guy, but what? yeah, everything this guy's in, he is so good. Well, yeah, he's probably, I guess because Hannibal played for, what, four seasons. I think people most
2: know him from that, or at least American Especially, audiences.
3: yeah. People, yeah, that aren't going to watch subtitle shit. Yeah,
2: they yeah. might know him from the James Bond villain. It was in Casino Royale. Um, he was in another great movie called Another Round, which is a Danish film that was, I think, came out the same year as Writers of Justice. Um, but that got like an Oscar nomination. That was a pretty decent film. But uh, Writers of Justice, just to give you a really quick story on it. Uh, he is uh, He's a soldier from Af- Afghanistan. His wife is killed in a train accident uh that his daughter was also in so he's rushed he's he has to go back to his uh home um has to. he's called from the battlefield to go back to his home to take care of his daughter he doesn't have the greatest relationship with his daughter he's like this tough military dude and there's another storyline where the another guy on the train he's a mathematician he's kind of like a chaos theory guy and he comes up with this theory and he, the, the reason he's part of this kind of storyline is because he gave up his uh, seat on the train to uh, Mads uh, Nicholson's m- uh, wife. <coughs> so he kind of feels guilty. And so he comes up with this theory, because he's a mathematician, that it just, this couldn't just happen randomly. This, this must be some kind of reason. And he finds out that there was a Nazi, a neo-Nazi uh, gang leader on the train who was set to talk— okay. You're not getting into the spoiler, are you? No, no. This is all kind of beginning. He's on, on, uh, he, he, neo Nazi gang leader who's on the train as well. And he is supposed to be a a key witness in a, in a trial. And so, and he dies in the, in the, in the train accident. So he believes that there's a connection and there's a conspiracy. And so he takes his theory to Mad Nicholson and they go on a revenge plot. Oh, I'm in. The movie's fantastic because we it's 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 about kind of the psychological makeup of someone who goes on a revenge. It takes all that kind of seriously. It also takes it takes uh, the whole kind of idea of why we fall for conspiracies and stuff like that. But it also has this dark comedic tone. It's there's parts of it I I was laughing out loud about how stupid some of these people are, because uh, like he the the mathematician has a couple friends that help out. And they, they start this kind of uh they make they make this kind of small unit of of, of vigilantes, you know. Uh I think it's a brilliant film and it, it 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 it's set during it's set during Christmas and ends on kind of a Christmas image. And I think it's like the most unconventional Christmas movie you'll find that I think you you particularly will love. And I I yeah. recommend you check it out. Check it out with your family. I think they will love it too.
3: Yeah, because I remember the trailer and I remember no, no, I want to enjoy it, so I'm going to check it without them. <laughs> okay. I need them bitching and complaining and when's Who's this guy and what's happening? Dude, they don't pay attention. Remember Tony? He doesn't pay attention, then asks us what's going on. And then while we're telling him what's going on, we miss part of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Exactly what those assholes do. And i check it out. And you know what's f- so funny? I just pulled up his filmography because I know I've seen a movie of his kind of recently. Mm-hmm. You see the movie Polar? Oh no
2: no! I heard that's the Netflix one. No, yeah. dude,
3: that one is insane. I started watching it with my kid. And I'm like, dude, you're gonna have to leave the room. Because, uh, he's badass in it, but there's like, it it almost turns into the, a porno man. It's pretty. It gets pretty raunchy pretty quick. But yeah, no, uh, uh, yeah, I definitely got to check out that movie. But if you can check out Polar, it's pretty good. All right, all right. Like anything he's in, yeah, and it's he's a great actor. It's, it's a great it's actor.
2: Great. Uh, yeah, I guess that was. We should say that's it for this uh, episode. This is our Christmas episode. Hopefully, I'll have it out by before Christmas. <laughs> I was day late for Thanksgiving, for our Thanksgiving episode. Hopefully, I get this out earlier. Uh, I think this is going to be our last episode for the year. Uh, Probably. So, so I want to say have a great Christmas. Have a great New Year's. Uh, um. And thank you for listening to terror Tinos and we appreciate you. If you are listening to this and if this is the first time, please check out our older episodes. You could go to www.terrottinos.com or you could go to your favorite uh, podcast platform and you should, you should be able to search us there. Um, and
3: tell your friends
2: about us. Yes. We're going to be planning some big stuff for next year. And, uh, we, we have more movies to talk about and, uh, we just have a fun time doing this stuff uh for this and so yeah thank you for listening to us and uh angel i'll say merry christmas and have a new year, great new year. year well i'll, I'll probably yeah, talk too. to you before then but um but if i don't <laughs> have a good year have a good 2023 all right, <laughs> enjoy all right so that's it for this episode and uh thank you for listening all right take care everyone
3: mazo